can't get enough of the podcast? Lucky for you, our video IQ platform on adorebeauty.com.au houses thousands of articles on skincare, makeup, hair care, and more. Plus, you can find a heap of video tutorials, ingredient spotlights, and brand breakdowns on our YouTube channel. Just click on Beauty IQ in the menu bar of the website or app or search Adore Beauty on YouTube for more beauty content. Welcome everybody to Beauty IQ, the podcast. I'm your host, Joanna Fleming. And I am your co-host, Hannah First. So Hannah, I had some time off for the first time in a very long time over you Easter. You did. Uh, so I have caught up on a lot of, and I've watched a lot of new series. Remember how you kept telling me to watch The Flight Attendant like a year yes. and a half ago? <laughs> I yes. finally got around to so, watching that. It's such a hot mess. But it's yeah, so good. It is, that's what I felt. I felt it was a hot mess. And I was also like, it seems unrealistic. Like, why is she investigating this scandal? She's just, you know, what does she think she's doing getting into this? Like, going to his workplace? Like, why would you do that? She was fat. She was so good, though. Like, I'd yeah. only seen her in Big Bang Theory. Yes. And she wasn't. I don't think her acting skills came across in Big Bang Theory. Yeah. But in in The Flight Attendant, she did a really good job. I would agree with that. She definitely played the hot mess character very, very well. Um, I also watched Anatomy of a Scandal with Sienna Miller. Just wait. Is it it bad? I kind of found her a little bit relatable. Just she was so all over the shop. Yeah, (laughs) I can see that. Uh, I also watched Anatomy of a Scandal with Sienna Same. Miller on Netflix. I really didn't liked like it. that. Oh, oh I didn't I like it. it. Why? I thought it was so too kind of dimensional. Like it wasn't, okay. it didn't get, it was so, sh- I was expecting it to kind of, there to be so many twists and turns and mm. and it just didn't deliver on my expectations, to be honest. Okay. But you liked right. it. Yeah, I quite liked it. I thought it was good. It wasn't over the top, mm. which I, I thought it was, it seemed more like something that could happen. Yeah, I don't know why. I think I'd seen someone post on Instagram like, oh, my God. So I was expecting by uh, the end of the last episode there'd be some something bigger than actually happened. Okay, so someone talked it up to you and then you were disappointed. Yes. See, I watched yeah, it without yeah. hearing anything. I think I watched it like the first day it came out or something uh, and mm-hmm. I hadn't heard anything about it, so I was pleasantly surprised. I'm also watching Selling Sunset at the moment. I haven't finished season five of that but um christine is crazy uh and i'm also watching the new kardashians and i watched uh amy schumer's uh i got disney plus so i could watch the kardashians and i started watching amy schumer's new series Um, i haven't seen the new series life and beth what do you think yeah i quite liked it uh it's obviously based on her life um whose life loosely amy schumer um what did you think have you watched the new episodes of the kardashians i Yes, I loved the opening scene where, you know, the um, I just loved the opening of the very first episode where it went into each house. I thought yes. that was super cool. Yeah. Very high tech. I actually mm-hmm. love Travis and Courtney. I think they are the cutest oh, couple. I can't get on board with it. Sorry. The whole straddling him with the agent there. Oh, no. I could yeah. not. <laughs> I loved it. I, just I thought, hated like, that. And how he said, like, people just don't understand how in love we are or with whatever he said. Yeah. And I just thought, I just thought, 
I just love that they just flaunt their love like that. They're clearly mm. like soulmates. It's so adorable. I love yeah, it. Yeah, I, I couldn't really get on board with that, but <laughs> they're the best. They're the best thing to happen to the series. Yes, I would agree with that. And I'm interested to see how it all unfolds because I think there's gonna be a lot of I hope Pete Davidson comes into it at some point. Oh, I still am just yeah, that good on her. She just she she keeps saying how happy she is. Mm. I love that, but I still, it's still a mismatch for me and I will ne- I can't help it. That's just the honest yeah. truth. Yeah. Well, you know, Machine Gun <laughs> Kelly and uh, Megan Fox can do it. So can Kim and Pete. Yeah. Um, I'm actually watching on Apple TV. I'm watching because um, it comes out weekly with Jared Leto, We Crashed. Okay. Yeah. I don't have Apple TV anymore. I had to cut down my streaming yeah. services. Yeah. For anyone that's that's watched it um Anne Hathaway puts on this fake voice it's insufferable but <laughs> I absolutely I, I, I do I am really liking it obviously the new blacklist is out so I've been doing puzzles as I catch up on there's been five episodes so I've been catching mm-hmm. up on the blacklist and really randomly binge has got um law and order SVU and I know that oh. sounds a bit off-brand for me, but I've been watching that every night pretty much. Okay. Yeah, right. Yeah. But to be honest with you, I really liked – so that Detective Stabler um, is not mm. in it with, oh. the, with the great ass. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's got a good man ass, I've got to say. And there's there's a meme that says special thick Tim's unit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And it's seriously, I'm watching the newer episodes, like the newer seasons on Binge, and it's really not the same without him. He mm. he really did make that show. But, oh, guys, I have a really good dating show. I totally forgot. Oh, my God, The Ultimatum. Um, we need to talk about The Ultimatum. Don't you know. <laughs> oh, that's what. that's the other show I watched. I forgot to put that on my list. I've Can we do that next week because I'm only on yeah. episode three yeah, and I've okay, heard that guys, it just gets we'll better and next. better. Yeah. You need to watch the whole thing and then we'll discuss next week. Yeah. So why doesn't everyone binge it before next week? And yeah, then everyone, we it's your warning. Yeah, yeah, warning that yeah. you're going to get spoilers. Watch The Ultimatum on Netflix and then we can discuss together. All right. Well, what's on today's episode, Joe? Uh, so today we actually have uh, someone from TikTok fame. You might have seen Harrison Kefford on TikTok uh, talking about Crohn's disease. And then we're also talking to Dr. Lisa Chimes. I'm just going to... Uh, I'm I'm not going to spoil what that interview is, but if you know who Dr. Lisa Chimes is, it won't be a surprise, but I'll leave yep. that as a surprise. Uh, and then our products, we didn't know we needed. So I was just saying to our next guest, I feel like I know him, but he doesn't know me. And I feel like that's how a lot of our listeners feel about Hannah and I. Uh, so you might have seen Harrison Kefford on TikTok before. If not, we'll include a link to uh, his TikTok in the episode notes. But he lives with some chronic health conditions, including Crohn's disease. So he's here for a candid chat with us, which is likely to contain some poo content, which we all love. Welcome to the podcast, Harrison. Hello. Thank you for having me. That's our pleasure. Uh, Now, I found your TikTok quite early on in COVID, uh, where you've discussed at length your experience with Crohn's disease and other chronic health conditions. What made you decide to share your health battles so openly on TikTok? I imagine that would have been pretty vulnerable. Yeah, look, it was vulnerable for me, but I think I just got to a point with not just life, my health, where I was so sick of not feeling like the world could accept me for me. 
And it was on the back of having my heart broken, I suppose, <laughs> by, um, well, you could use heart, heartbreak, but like, um, yeah, I saw a girl a couple of times and then we just fizzled out and I was like, well, if I'm not comfortable talking about this with this girl or being like, I feel like I can be vulnerable with um, someone mm. like this, then like what sort of hope do I have for like myself? And I, I was sitting on my bed at home and I think at this point she actually unfollowed me on oh. like my social media and stuff like that. Wow. And look, not no hate or anything like that, but um, I was like, well, okay, well, she's not there anymore. So um, yeah, I opened TikTok and at this point I wasn't really active on TikTok at all. And there was this post that I saw this random person uh, posting about how like they were highlighting all like the real insecurities they had about themselves and how like we as like a society don't um, really talk about them or feel like they're like strengths. And it was kind of like in a comical sense too. And I'm like, okay, well, I can relate to this. So I pulled up my Instagram, screenshotted all these pictures and thought about all these really cool captions. And um, they were all just like things to do that I was insecure about, like living at home, um, having no savings, um, you know, all these sort of things. And um, I went to bed and I woke up and then boom, my TikTok just like popped <laughs> off overnight. So I love that yeah, for you. That's, that's <laughs> the power of TikTok, I isn't know. it? Yeah. Crazy. For a little bit of context, this interview actually came about because a listener asked us to talk about Crohn's, referencing it as being a walking cringy convo, which is a segment on this podcast that often revolves around poo chat. Like, did this used to be an uncomfortable topic for you? I think for me, I've always been quite comfortable talking to like my friends and people that really know me. But like Mm. outside of that, it's obviously quite a cringy and very uncomfortable (sighs) and gross thing to talk about. We're trying to normalize it on the yeah. podcast. Let, but, let us tell you. And, it's, and it's I so very much appreciate your content because of that. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually so weird because, like, you would be surprised how many people walk around or like just like live with gut issues and have problems with like their yes, bowels, 100%, you know? Yeah. And it's it's so foreign to me that we aren't like having more conversations and finding humor in like the poo, you know, at the at like the bare minimum. Um, but no, I don't think it's like it's uncomfortable for me. It's like, it's finding that like that point where you can have a conversation or, you know, or find some humor in it towards mm-hmm. someone that you don't really know or whatever. And um, yeah, I, it's actually really funny. I, every time I do or did used to post about like poo related stuff on TikTok, there would, there would always be someone that'd be like, this is so gross. Like, why are you talking about this? Mm. Why are you sharing it? And then that point came to me where a very good friend of mine was out And so I was friends with her and someone at the club came up to her and was like, hey, have you seen this guy before? He has the same condition as you, you know? Mm. And my friend was like, yeah, I'm really good friends with him, like really close. And she's like, yeah, but like it's kind of gross that he talks about poo and stuff like that all the time. And apparently my friend just looked at her like, what, like what the f***? Like, (sighs) yeah, what what do you expect him to do? This is his life, you know? Yeah. (laughs) So you're in a safe space here because the audience on this podcast (laughs) is well accustomed <laughs> about this. We we had a guest on and I think we talked about wiping your how long did we talk about bum wiping Joe? A long time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um so obviously the poo chat is has kind of um pivoted a little bit because you recently had quite a big surgery and you're now living with a stoma. I imagine that would have been one of the scariest decisions you had to make 
in your life. How are you feeling now? It's a day by day thing, you know, like the easiest thing for me to say is that, you know, even in like the really crappy and shitty moments when you're feeling really flat and isolated, I still think there is something to gain. You're still like making some level of like positive change and you're getting a bit more well and a bit more comfortable with it. Um, yeah, it's been really hard. Like I, I have a very good friend. Her name's Paula and she's another very big content creator, a very big content creator with um, an ostomy too. And she's been very helpful with, with me in accepting it all. And I used to look at her and be like, ah, oh, this, this, like, it, it doesn't seem like that hard. You know what I mean? Mm. And she was like, no, it's going to be really hard. And I like the, the day that I had the surgery, I was like, this isn't too difficult, but then it just hits you like a truck. And that's what they say. Mm-hmm. Like the first day will be really easy, but then like the next three or four days, it'll feel like hell. Mm. And it really was, it felt like hell. Like I, and it didn't help that I was in hospital and I couldn't have any visitors. So I was basically all just alone, but I don't know. Like, I think I'm very transparent and open with my journey with like my stoma on TikTok in particular. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the things that I've seen, not only for myself, but just with people interacting is that like they can actually see that like I am making progress and I'm becoming more comfortable with it. Um, I don't think you're ever fully comfortable with something like this on your, on your body. Like it's, I describe it to like the everyday person as kind of like a little alien sort of thing. Cause that's what it looks <laughs> like, you know, but um. I wouldn't be lying if I said that I wish I didn't have it, but um, the whole the whole like process of it it, it 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 tries to make you you better and give you back your life, and I think it it is slowly giving you back my life at, um, to a degree. That's good to hear. Um, you've also um, spoken about the challenges around career when you're suffering from a chronic illness. Can you talk to us a little bit about that? Yeah, I think um, I've 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 had full time jobs before. I've never really worked, and I think it's it's a very complex issue to unpack but mm. I think for me it comes down to a couple of things and like the hindrance for me in working has been like I've always been scared to be in like a, an environment to work with my chronic illnesses because it's not just one thing I have to deal with it's like a mm. number of things like mm. I, like pooping and um my hands shaking and my CIDP so my neuropathy like being uneasy on my feet and like diet and nutrition and all these things, needing access to a toilet. It's 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 very complex. And then there's also a lay, an element to it where it's like I've just been scared to be in an environment again. And I think it's like everyone thinks about it, they internalise these thoughts, but no one really talks about it. Where like I think it's okay to be scared when you're working in like an environment with like everyday people, you know, and mm-hmm. I would love to work, you know. But I, and, and I think now like my TikTok is now like a thing where like it's basically a job for me. So I'm lucky in that <laughs> aspect. But yeah, it, it has been challenging trying to find work. And um, yeah, it's just like an ongoing thing I have to work out, I suppose. Mm. So. Mm. I have heard other people with chronic illnesses say that it is a very isolating experience suffering from a chronic illness and also trying to forge a career when, you know, mm. other people are on a different path and you can't really relate to them and what journey they're on. So Um, Thank you for sharing that with us. Now, I love that you uh, were very forthcoming with dating chat because that's something that we talk about all the time on this podcast. That's our probably our second favourite topic and then beauty is the third favourite topic. It's our bread and butter. (laughs) (laughs) So how have you found personally for you navigating the dating world? Firstly, you're in Melbourne, so you've gone through as many lockdowns as Hannah and I have. Mm. But also then you mentioned how it's kind of difficult to communicate all those complexities around having chronic illnesses. So 
How do you find dating? I, I've seen the comments on your TikTok. I know you're not short of attention. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's actually like you say it's like one of your favorite things to talk about. I love talking about it too for like many reasons. And it's like the first thing for me is like I have always sort of viewed myself as like not quite a confident person and not like someone that people just immediately are attracted to, which is kind of like silly because I think in some way people are always going to be attracted to, you know, whatever. I would love to talk about it more on my TikTok, but I just find that I can't sometimes, you know, so I try to just generalize it. But um, I went through the first lockdown pretty soon after, like I, like the worst heartbreak I've ever experienced in my entire life. Oh, that's rough. That's rough timing. Yeah, rough timing. But in my head, I was like, okay, well, I'm going to use this as a learning experience. I'm going to see what I can take from this and think about my, like who I am as a person, what I am like doing wrong and what I can do about going forth. And one of the things for me is obviously needing to convey and talk about my my health more because that's a big part of who I am. Mm. So I was like, okay, I'm not going to like jump into something deep, you know, try and find like a partner. I'm, I think it's okay to casually date and I've never really done that before in my entire life. So I sort of went out on like, not like a mission, but like I, I was like, I I want to find someone that can help me feel more confident about who I am and my health. And I was lucky because I found this girl in the midst of like that first lockdown and it was really or- like organic and it would, everything just flowed. And I remember like pretty much immediately I was like, indirectly, I'm like, can you sort of just help me be comfortable with myself again? And um, without even really having to say it, it was like everything just clicked and um, it was, I'm going to use the word like, sexual liberation but in Mm -hmm. a way like it it kind of was for me because I think a large part of um me being unwell wasn't feeling like I was very comfortable like not just being sexually for myself but like for another person Mm -hmm. and all all like the walls and the barriers for like me and like the person that I was with it was all just like smashed down and it was like nothing's gross it's okay, just talk to me and, like, let me know if I'm doing something right or something wrong and if you need to stop, you know, all those sort of things. And I was like, holy shit, like, this is incredible, you know. And from that point on, um, like, we're no longer together because I think in a way it was kind of just like a short mm-hmm. thing, at least like it was for me. And I, she was really awesome. But, um, yeah, it was really great learning experience and I think um, I've tried to con- convey and talk about it on my, my TikTok that, like, Maybe you don't need this right now, you know, instead of rushing into this thing, try and figure out what you can do better and improve on yourself and um, go out and get liberated and Mm. be comfortable with your body when you have all these problems because, like, there are millions of people that have these problems and they're all wanting to do these things and explore and you should feel comfortable with yourself but you should feel comfortable. That person should feel comfortable talking to you about what what they like and what they want and stuff like that. So... Yeah. That's some great advice, though. Great advice. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Before we go, I wanted to ask if you had any cringy stories yourself that you've either shared on TikTok or haven't shared on TikTok that you would want to share with us in this safe space that is Beauty IQ Uncensored. Yeah. I mean, like, the first one that comes to mind is I, when I was living in Fitzroy with a very good friend of mine, Al, who's on my wall behind me, just no one, no one can see, but she's the artist on this wall here. And, um, she wasn't home at the time and I don't think any of my housemates were home, but um, I was on Smith Street and um, 
I was coming home from lunch with my brother and his girlfriend at the time. And I was like, nah, I'm going to make it. I'm good. But I got to the the very end of Smith Street and my house was sort of like on the opposite and I was sort of towards the middle. And I just knew at this point when I turned the corner, all hell was going to break oh, loose. No. I, 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 I could have gone into like any of the like the coffee shops and asked for a toilet, but I couldn't risk it. In my <laughs> head, I was like, nah, I can just run. It's not that far. It's probably like 2K down the road. I got like not even 100 metres and stuff just started flowing oh, out of no. my out of my ass. <laughs> I was in my favourite pair of jeans at the time oh, and no. they, were, they were black. And um, I just remember, yeah, thank God for that. I just remember like every like 50 to 100 metres, I was just getting more and more down my leg. And I'm oh, like, I was oh, walking no. one hand on my backside and <laughs> one hand on my head just like power walking and um, <laughs> I then got inside and I quickly opened the door and I I remember just being like, hello, is anyone home? Because I was too scared that someone was going to be in the kitchen or, you know, if they were going to be in their rooms and they could have smelt it. Because I, if I can smell it as I'm walking in the street, oh like when I get in this house, it's going to stink, right? <laughs> no one answered. So I just kicked my shoes off at the door and I sprinted to the shower, turned the shower on, fully clothed, just got in there and I just cried. Aww. Cried because I was like sad, but also cried because I was laughing my head off that like, how does this happen? You know, well, actually, actually, I know someone, and and this is worse because it wasn't their jeans. They were in a change room in Mexico, and all of a sudden got di- diarrhea. They had jeans on, trying jeans on, had made a mess. Imagine being in a change room in jeans that aren't your jeans. Like oh that would God. be pretty. Do they have to pay for them? Like what happened? I don't know, but I I actually I think maybe. They just left. Like, what would you oh do? My God. Like, so you I just have to leave. When I worked at Target, someone left a shit in the change rooms as well. So that must oh be a common God. thing. I feel like that must happen more than yeah. all, like so often. More than people talk about. At least you were in your own jeans. Yeah. You got in the shower. Like, yeah, yeah. that that, that was I'm actually be- brave enough to admit that I actually like washed those jeans four times and I, I wore them again for like a whole I year. Think that's yeah, like, no, hot wash. <laughs> A hot wash, yeah. <laughs> but it was so tragic. Like I, I actually, st- I had a playlist that I that I made that I I blasted fully like loud up in my room because I was so sad for the rest of the day and I didn't want anyone to come in. And I still have this playlist called like that one time I sh- on Smith Street and um, <laughs> it's just like a very good memory and it has all these songs that I just blasted. <laughs> well, thank you so much for sharing that story with us, Harrison. Uh, you can go and check our episode notes for a link to Harrison's TikTok if you haven't seen his content already. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you. Thank you for having me. So today we've pivoted a little bit and we're talking about something completely different but I think entirely relevant to most of our audience. We're talking pet dermatology with Dr. Lisa Chan. She's the founder of Dog by Dr. Lisa and a vet at SASH, who you may have seen on Bondi Vet before. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, thanks for having me. Our pleasure. Uh, I don't know how, but for a while, my TikTok algorithm was giving me videos of cows having their abscesses in their hooves treated, like for ages. I was just like... (laughs) That is That's bizarre. the weird shit that I get on TikTok. I do not, because I would watch them, obviously. Um, and I just found that so engaging. Um, very interesting. But anyway, that's kind of on topic with what we're talking about today. So, Dr. Lisa, can you tell us a little bit about your background as a vet and what led you to having your own product range, which is called Dog by Dr. Lisa? So, I've been a vet for uh, 
about oh a while since 2006 and um I've always worked uh for other people's brands uh, off the back of my uh, media uh, roles in Bondi Vet and, and some other shows I was involved with. And and in the back of my mind, I always wanted to create something for myself. I always wanted to, you know, find a category where I could uh, put my own learnings and my own experiences into that. And, and that's kind of how I landed into this skincare space. I mean, I'm a person who is very um, into what I put on my face, I mean, I shop at Adore Beauty. Uh, I My kids have eczema, so I have always looked at ingredients and always been a, a bit of a stickler for, for what we're putting on our skin and on our kids' skin. And, and then realised that we actually don't do that in the veterinary industry. You know, it's not, it's not something that's a priority for us. We're not taught about um, skincare ingredients. We're taught about the diseases and the illnesses and how to treat them. Um, so I started looking at a lot of products out there and a lot of them are quite outdated in terms of preservatives and things like that. And I thought to myself, wow, I wouldn't be using this on my kid's skin or, or my skin. Why are we putting this on our dog's skin? who have got actually got really thin skin. Uh, and that kind of led me to reformulate um, a range of products that is akin to what we would use on ourselves, but it's made for dogs. And on that note, um, what is the main difference between our skin and the skin of our pets? It's interesting. A dog's skin is is actually quite a bit thinner than ours. Um, it turns over at a different rate. You know, they don't have sweat glands in their skin like we do. They're covered in fur. They don't wear clothes. So, you know, their body is exposed to a lot more allergens than we are. You know, if you think about people, we're in shoes most of the time. We're in clothes. We have far less... Um, surface area of skin that's exposed to the environment, whereas dogs are, are really, it's their entire body. Um, so, you know, that's probably why we see a lot of skin allergies in dogs. Yeah. Well, what kinds of dermatological issues do you see most commonly in dogs and cats? I would say allergies is probably the most common and they they can get allergic to things in their environment just like people do. So um, it's something called atopy or atopic dermatitis, which is really similar to eczema in people. Uh, and there's a wide range of things that dogs can be allergic to and cats and whether it's, um, you know, dust mites or pollens or grasses, really similar to us. Uh, then they can also be allergic to things that they are directly in contact with. It's just the same as us. Like if you're allergic to a soap, you'll get a rash on your hands. The same sort of thing if they're allergic to a plant in the garden or something, they might get a rash on their belly where that area is contacted. They can also mm -hmm. have food allergies, really similar to people. You know, sometimes someone will be allergic to a food and it manifests in their skin. We can see that in animals too. Uh, and the other one, which is really common, and this doesn't relate to people, is flea allergies. Well, hopefully not. <laughs> <laughs> And um, what are the most popular products in your dog by Dr. Lisa Range and what sets them apart? I guess the premise of the range um, is actually to try and get people to stop washing their dogs as much. So mm -hmm. we have a bit of a motto where we say wash less, wipe more. And, and I like to um, liken it to a human hair washing regime. So for example, if you wash your hair every day, you're going to need to wash your hair every day because your hair is going to get greasy. But if you can push it out to three days, five days, you know, you see people who wash their hair once a week, their hair does not get as oily as someone who washes their hair every day. And it's often because 
you've kind of stripped your scalp and your hair of those natural oils. And that's the same thing that can happen in dogs. So those natural oils that your body produces are actually protective to the skin and the hair and the dog's coat. Um, So a lot of people are washing their dogs too often. Um, They'll wash them weekly or twice, you know, every two weeks. and, And it's just too much. It's kind of like you washing your hair daily. So what we're trying to do is... Um, tell people to stop washing their dogs, you know, that let the hair reset, let their oil production reset. It's designed to uh, protect the skin and coat. And then our products are there to support that. So we have wipes, which are 100% compostable, and you can use that to freshen up your dog and spot clean them. And then we've got a leave-in conditioner, which is similar to a moisturizer in people. In fact, some people actually rub our conditioner onto their hands as a hand cream because it gets absorbed really <laughs> Nicely. Um, and then we've got some beautiful colognes, which are natural um, with some very mild essential oils in it. And then a, a very gentle wash for those times when they really need to be washed, which really shouldn't be every more than every four to six weeks. Cologne for dogs. I've not heard of that before. <laughs> is it hot man smell? I is, it, is, it a hot, <laughs> is it hot man smell? What, what is the smell? Uh, we've, I've done it with some essential oils that, you know, have, have lovely effects on dogs. So, um, you know, they've got lavender. There's three different colognes. So one has got lavender and um, citrus blend and the other one's got like a vanilla citrus brand. So, um, you know, I actually came up with those scents myself. I went I went out um, to a place with essential oils and I was mixing all the, the scents on my hands and coming up with combinations that I liked and, and luckily our customers like them too. But the colognes are really personal preference. You know, some people really want their dog to smell perfumed and if, if that's going to stop them from washing their dog as often, that's absolutely what they should rather be doing. Brush them every day, give them a spritz of cologne and your dog will feel as fresh as you need it to be. Uh, I use colognes when my dogs have, you know, rolled in something and I've washed them, but there's, you know, a kind of stench left behind. Um, but yeah, it, it's really one of those things. It's not essential, but it's up to personal preference. Well, my next question was going to be, how do you get rid of dog smell without having to wash them all the time? But I guess your answer kind of does answer that question in using the wipes and the colognes. Yeah. And and in fact, the less you wash your dog, the less they'll smell in the long run. So we call ah. it um, a bit of a skin reset. So if you can be patient and you can push that time out, just like with your own hair, right? So if you're going from washing your hair every day to washing your hair every six weeks, you're going to go through that oily period that you've got to kind of push past. And it's the same with dogs. They're going to go through a really stinky period until mm-hmm. you push past that and you allow their natural oil productions to reset and you, you know, you're really into brushing them daily, it's going to take some time. So that's the that's the biggest hurdle for people, I think. They've really got to be patient and trust the process. And the less you wash your dog, the less they will smell. Are there any breeds that are more stinkier than others? <laughs> I don't know. Now we'll get into this debate. I'll, I'll uh, we'll have people um, <laughs> contacting us that I've put, you know, <laughs> said bad things about other breeds. Look, I, I personally think that sh- dogs with shorter hair have more of a doggy smell than dogs okay. with um, longer, fluffier hair. And, and you know, the, the shorter hair is actually, it's a fur, whereas the longer, fluffy dogs actually have more of a hair, so it grows continuously. Mm. And maybe there's something in that. Uh, 
but I also am somebody who's always had fluffy dogs. So I'd yeah. be interested to hear what somebody with a short head <laughs> dog would say. And um, what kind of ingredients should we look for in pet products? The main difference is obviously scent profiles and, and you know, you don't want to be using artificial fragrances and that sort of thing in, in, on something that goes on a dog. Um, and also the pH of a dog's skin is is different to people. So their their skin is more neutral than ours. Ours is more acidic. Uh, and so you want something that's specifically made for dogs. So don't go using a, a human uh, product on the dogs. Um, you know, it's, it's just going to be the wrong um, pH balance for them. But I, I think you want to do something where you've got natural preservatives that that aren't harsh. You don't you don't have very um, harsh sulfates or chemicals. Uh, and you want to be able to Google that ingredient um, and, you know, not see terrible things written about it. Mm-hmm. And what are your top recommendations for keeping the coat of your dog or cat shiny and matte free? Okay, so the best thing you can possibly do for your dog and your cat is brush them every single day. And I know a lot of people are just like, oh, I can't be bothered and my dog hates it. And I I think it's really worth investing the time in, in getting them used to that because that is the same as you not brushing your hair every day. You're going to get mm. knotted. Your hair's going to, you know, you're going to have um, dander or, um, you know, debris. Um, hair, brushing really kind of cleans the coat. It gets rid of all that surface debris, gets rid of the loose hairs. It helps spread those natural coat oils. It helps stimulate blood flow. So it's 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 good for, the, it's good for them. Um, and if you start when they're a puppy or a kitten and get them used to it, uh, you'll be fine when by the time they're an adult. Whereas if you're starting with an adult dog, you've got to take it a lot more slowly and use a lot of treats um, and kind of build up um, bit by bit. Um, so that's my number one. The number two, obviously, is don't wash them so often um, and try and cut back on that by using wipes to freshen them up or clean their paws or around their face in between. Uh, using a leave-in conditioner, I think, is quite underrated because if we can keep that um, skin moisturized, it's the same as us using a moisturizer on our faces. You know, it protects Mm -hmm. the barrier. It makes it, you know, more supple, uh, less dry, less prone to irritation. The same goes for our dogs. Um, You know, it it kind of supports the the oils that they naturally produce. And then um, if you really need it and you you can't quite get to that six-week mark without bathing them, then use some cologne to get you by as well. And is there any differences between how you would care for a dog in terms of keeping them clean and um, odour-free versus a cat? Like I, I know you've got a cat range as part of the Dog by Dr. Lisa. How does that kind of differ? Yeah, I mean, the cat range is a lot smaller because cats obviously have, they're less demanding than dogs in their personality and their needs as well. Um, so so cats cats are really designed to groom themselves. They're very good at it. They're mm-hmm. very talented. Um, they keep their coat beautiful. But um, brushing them is something that they can't quite get rid of all that hair themselves. And if they, if you think about when a cat grooms themselves, they're licking themselves. Mm. So if they're if they've got loose hair, and we all know cats shed, where's that hair going to go? They're going to eat it, uh, and then that's what causes hairballs. So it's our job to kind of help remove those loose hairs so that they can do a better job at grooming themselves without getting hairballs. It means you'll have less hair shed in your home as well. Uh, mm. And then the wipes I've developed because. Because 
Uh, we had a lot of cat owners writing to us. Uh, can I use these on my cat? Can I use the dog wipes for my cat? And and the scent profile on our dog wipes is is not really what cats love. So mm. uh, I've made a cat wipe that's got honeysuckle and catnip, which are uh, you know scents that cats enjoy. Uh, and it's for those cats that that need a bit of extra help. You know, some cats are particularly messy. Kittens, you know, might um, have you know litter or um, you know poop or whatever from their litter mm-hmm. tray all over the house. You also get older cats that can't groom themselves properly, cats that are sick or injured. Um, some of them just need that extra TLC and that's what the wipes are there for. Uh, but the most important thing you can do for your cat is to brush them. Mm-hmm. Some really good tips there. I've loved this segment. Really good. <laughs> I don't even have pets and I loved this segment. <laughs> I'm glad. Thank you so much for joining us, Dr. Lisa. No problem. It was lovely to chat. Products we didn't know we needed, honey. You're finally back from Thailand. So happy. There was a bit of a debacle with you getting back. Do you want to tell the people about it? They might have heard that you sounded a little bit unwell. I did. Um, I actually, the day... I had to go get a COVID test to fly back to Mm. Melbourne. And so I did a rat test just before I went to go do that official test. I actually was positive for COVID. So I had to Were you unwell at that time or were you like, what the hell? No symptoms. (gasps) Um, Just wait though. I ended up getting, I get ended up, had to change my flight and isolate. I had like, I was in like a apartment style. Like I had a washing machine and a kitchen. So I actually was, okay I was not okay mentally but just in terms of like being able to isolate I could anyway I had to stay the rest the reason I was so late coming home and I was really really sick really Mm. sick and it's taken me weeks to recover I actually just thought that it would be okay but it really wasn't I really really didn't feel well and everyone I've spoken to has felt the same but we can maybe talk about that another time but anyway yeah. I did get home I did get home you Joe made and I it. Did record- back to your samples you recorded it. We did record a couple of episodes while I was in isolation, and I yeah. was like, "Do I sound sick?" And you were like, "Yeah, <laughs> yeah." We probably should address that at some point. But, um, um, yes, that's why I had to sound a little under the weather. But you're back with your samples now. At home. I am. So I have. So basically, I'm a little bit worried because my I basically had no skincare left for the last because I extended, kept extending. I didn't have any skincare left in the last probably two, three weeks. I had like dregs, nothing. Mm. I had a moisturizer and I had um, a salicylic acid for breakouts. That's hard. So my skin has obviously like it's quite, it just, it's not, it ne- I need to like introduce things slowly again or I'm going to end up with an impaired barrier and I just don't want to do that. So I did actually last night, I was like, look, I think I'm ready to add in, I want to add in a bit of like some acids and some retinol. And luckily I had this product Murad, I find to be my skin tolerates their products really well, especially their retinol. So mm. I felt like safe using it. It's a, it's called the Murad Daily Clarifying Peel. So the fact that it's for daily use means that it's um, that your skin probably will tolerate it a lot better. It's a three in one peel. It's got glycolic acid, salicylic acid, and retinoid. Um, so it's and I read that and was like, oof, don't know about that for my skin right now. Mm. But honestly, it was completely fine. My I didn't have any redness, no like burning or tingling or any of those warning signs that like your skin's not tolerating it. You know, when your skin goes super yeah. red, you're like, yeah. oh no, you're like, oh, oh no. Oh. 
none yeah. of that. Um, it's suitable for all skin types and like you guys know, like glycolic acid is really good for removing um, dead skin cells. Um, salicylic acid is really good for pore, the appearance of pores and also texture and also breakouts, which I get. And obviously retinol, um, great for anti-aging. And actually one of the reviews on the website, which I read that and said, oh yeah, that's so true. Um, this person said surprisingly not as harsh as it sounds and that's exactly um what I thought like I was expecting it to burn but it was really gentle and you could definitely use it daily very nice I haven't used that yet I do have a sample but I just I did overdid it on the retinol which we'll talk about in next week's mm -hmm. episode because that's a whole other debacle uh mm -hmm. but I will give that a go once my skin has recovered to its regular self uh, my product I didn't know I needed today is the Loving Tan Platinum Mousse. Now, this is a new product from Loving Tan. You know that I love Loving Tan. Like their two-hour dark express tan uh, is like heaven for me. I wish they had mm. a – I actually don't know if they have a professional solution. Maybe I should look into that. But mm. Hattie and I bought a spray tan machine, so I haven't really been using that many tans like in a bottle because we've been doing spray tans but Hattie was away so I decided that I'd give this another crack because I'd used it before and I hadn't done my hands very well <laughs> I kind of rushed through it but anyway I've spent a lot of time perfecting this and absolutely love the shade of the bronze color that it gives you it's it's really similar to the tan that I would have if I tanned naturally like in Europe mm. um but yeah it's just it's very even like it's very hard to make loving tan streaky i find especially with their mitt as well i feel like they have one of the best mitts ever uh, so i highly recommend getting that if you don't have it but this is just it's one of their deepest tans i think it is mm -hmm. their deepest tan yeah um gives you a really nice natural olive color and it dries really quickly too i find it doesn't transfer i was having a conversation with the girls the other day in the office about mm -hmm. tans that transfer and they're like mm -hmm. oh my god this one just doesn't transfer at all so uh, yeah, I find this one really good, especially because you have to sleep in it. It's not an express one, which mm. usually I'm against. But with spray tans, I do sleep in them. So I've just gotten used to it again. I've got it sitting in my bathroom ready to try it. Very excited. Give it a crack. Yeah. Give it a crack. Uh, now, you obviously had to say farewell to the Canadian in Thailand because he went home. So I imagine there would have been a few tears involved there. And we did have someone write in the Facebook group the other day, like, does anyone have any tips for puffy eyes when you've been crying? And I thought you might have a couple of tips you'd like to share. Um, I don't know. I've never really done anything for puffy eyes. I definitely was... Like not only was he gone, I then had to stay in my room on my own with, with COVID, a really bad, pretty bad case of COVID yeah. in Bangkok. It was so I was crying a lot, yeah. But I don't know what was related to him and what was related to COVID. So that's yeah, a, that's okay. A, and to be honest with you, I didn't care. Like, who cares about the puffy eyes? I was vomiting. I was yeah. like. Oh, I was yeah. not in a good good place. When there's no COVID involved and there's just some tears and you wake up the next day <laughs> and you're super puffy, I would say avoid a hot shower because I feel like that makes you puffier. I don't know what it is, whether that increases like inflammation or something, but I feel like I would always get like red and puffier if I had a really hot shower. But I feel like that's your go-to when you're feeling puffy. Like I want to. What about like a cool compress on the yeah. eyes? So I would say cold spoons, like have mm. spoons in the freezer or fridge to put over your eyes. 
Um, and a lot of people recommended that in the Facebook group as well. If you're not part of it yet, go and find it. It's called Beauty IQ Uncensored. Uh, a lot of people recommended the cold spoons. I'd also say putting um, those Societe um, eye masks, mm. the peptide eye masks in the fridge and have them on hand. Like if you get puffy, even if it's not from crying, if you just get puffy in the mornings, have those eye patches in the fridge. Uh, yeah, a roller as well, a nice cool roller. Oh, God, that feels mm. good when you've got a hot, like puffy face. I used to have those... Um, Aceology globes, but I accidentally yeah. um, broke Same. them. So I, yeah. I broke one. Same, I broke one too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So um, if you're clumsy, they're not ideal. But yeah, yeah I would just say stick to cold things if you can. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, wear sunglasses. Really. Yeah. It's my tip for you. What? So do you have any life updates for us? I do have a life update for you, Hannah. For those yep. that follow the journeys of our lives on our Instagrams. Mm. Um, I did buy a house while I was on holidays, mm. which was nice, um, finally. So, yeah, I am So moving. exciting. Guys, I've been on this yeah. this roller coaster journey with Joe. Yeah, it's oh. been a time. Um, Are you moving in there? Yeah. Yeah, so Hattie's moving in with her boyfriend. Um, ah. Yeah, so I'm just trying to arrange to have a hitman um, remove him from the equation, then she can come <laughs> back and live with me. Um, <laughs> yeah, so I'll be there by myself, but I'm super happy and I feel like it was worth the wait. So, yeah, mm. that's my life update. That's all I've got Amazing. for you. <laughs> no, that's it. That's like the biggest life update ever. Thanks, everyone, for joining us today. Don't forget to subscribe and tell your friends. It helps other people to discover us. And also, we really want to know what you thought about this podcast. So if you can leave us a review, that would be much appreciated. Bye.